Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for VR gaming. Today we're doing a very special interview. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer by day and with X Labs today. Jay, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, you know me. I'm Jay Brat, a uh, virtual reality YouTuber and streamer. I'm extremely excited to have Jonathan here and uh, to be doing, I think, our first ever interview that's not in traditional podcast form. So this is really fun. <laughs> Jonathan, well, how about you go ahead and give us a couple lines about yourself? Hi, everybody. So thank you so much for having me today. I'm a big fan of the podcast. And today's really uh, it's a special day. So for me to finally be here, it's, it's pretty exciting. So thank you so much for having me and having us really. So my name is Jonathan Novadia. I'm born and raised in Miami Beach, Florida. Always been a hardcore gamer. And the second I tried <laughs> on a VR headset, I think it was 2015, 2016. And I just knew that was it. I knew that was the moment that would change everything. And just to be able to be working in an industry that I love so much and to watch it grow and no longer be a, a little baby, but I'd say like a prepubescent teenager right now, but very fast <laughs> growth coming. Very, very fast growth coming, you know? Uh, it's very exciting time. Really, really blessed to, to be able to work in this industry with such cool people such as yourselves. So thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. Well, Jonathan, it is so nice to have you. Now for our listeners who may or may not have heard of XLab, how about you, can you tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, so XLab was founded by Elizabeth Ann Clark, my older brother, Albert Ovadia, and myself. It began really as a passion project. So Elizabeth Ann Clark is an amazing musician, very well known. She was experimenting with, uh, you know, different ways of having live performances. She makes really, really sick live performances for her <laughs> for her set, uh, for her stages and for her playing. And she was exploring making a video game initially to go along with some of her tracks. And at that time, she stumbled upon some VR hardware and thought to herself, what if I play around with VR hardware and make a VR game that has all of my music in it? So from about 2014, 15, I, the, the year is like, it's crazy how fast it goes. But yeah, from, from when we first started, I was her first investor. We invested in, uh, in her to make uh, what came out later in 2017 called Water Planet. And it was amazing. I mean, really, the second people put on this VR headset, it was such a beautiful experience to witness people's jaws just drop at how far technology has come. So really, Water Planet was a beautiful, beautiful product that she made, and she did very well with it. And it led into pretty much doing a lot of bespoke experiences for other musicians because other musicians said, hey, I want to have you know, a VR world with my music in it as well. And then we even did some VR music videos. And there was a lot more uh, to that whole endeavor. But it was around late 2016, early 2017, when the first few uh, commercially you know, available games came out. They were shooters. Uh, I think you guys know which ones I'm talking about. <laughs> um, they came out, and my brother and I, we always bonded over CSGO, Rainbow Six Siege. I'm a big Call of Duty guy. He does not like Call of Duty. It's too <laughs> casual for him. But uh, yeah, we'd always bond over that. So when the first few games came out, I said, this is, this is what I think VR is meant for. Like really, VR, in my opinion, for gaming, it's all about the guns, right? So I got so excited and I tried it and I fell in love. It was that moment that I, maybe, maybe it was stupid of me, but I look at my brother and I go, Albert, how hard would it be to make a VR shooter game? We need one. 
And just, you know, <laughs> full disclosure here, I am not the tech savvy sibling at all. I'm a gamer and I love business and I love, you know, hanging out with like cool things. Like I just, I get very excited about the space and just the technology itself, but I am not a tech person. So it makes it very, it's a very interesting dynamic we have here <laughs> because I like to consider myself the mainstream consumer. So I'm always testing things. I'm giving my advice, my input, and kind of helping shape uh, the direction of, of the studio. But um, at the time, so around January, February 2017, he told me, I could do this in about a year with some <laughs> core people. We don't need that much money. It's all good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start getting to work. So to make a long story short, 2017, 2018, <laughs> 2019, 2020, 2021. <laughs> and the money kept getting spent and spent and spent and spent. But fast forward to today, we believe that we have the top virtual reality first-person shooter experience. And we're layering in a social experience as well, which we like to dub Gamers Lobbies Reimagined, right? So oh. a traditional gamers lobby is pure voice chat. I play, I still, I love Warzone. I'm a big Warzone addict. It's the only battle royale game that really got me. So I'll give you a, just a little example, right? I'm in Warzone with my boys. Hey, I need to go to use the bathroom. I need to get food. I need to do this. We're all talking. I have the wireless mic, even though it's plugged in right now. <laughs> and then everybody's like, all right, are you all, you're all ready. You're on your PC. You're on your Xbox. You're on your PlayStation. All right, let's queue in. Now they're playing the game. What we're doing in Vale is the second you click launch on Veil, you are teleported into your Veil armory. And this Veil armory is essentially your, your virtual home where you can now show off your skins, right? So say you collect skins through different achievements or, or tournaments, whatever it may be, you can put them on your wall, right? Kind of in a museum style fashion. Um, you can have different outfits. You can put it in, in, in a closet type uh, setting as well. So you can show off different outfits. Um, there's different furniture. There's different little mini games. There's different target ranges. There's a lot of different things that you can do that are It's just going to continue expanding as, as we continue development on it. But essentially, this social aspect of shooters didn't really exist prior to virtual reality technology because it wasn't really that feasible. But... <laughs> You know, what's interesting is I have a lot of uh, friends and they have siblings. Some of them are young, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And they love to hang out in Fortnite. They just hang <laughs> yeah. out in it. They don't even play the game. They're just hanging out in it. And at first, when I saw this a few times, I'm thinking, oh, these little kids, all they do is they, they buy a new outfit. They run around. They're talking to their friends. Like, people are killing them. They don't even care. I'm like, you're getting shot. You're getting shot. I'm, I'm too competitive for this whole social aspect. But when I got into VR and I started hanging out with people in VR, it just blew my mind. And that's really one of the things that, you know, aside from focusing on full tactical competitive play, which we're building everything out, nothing there is reinvented, really. It's just about reinventing it in VR because it hasn't been done in VR. So there's a lot of technical challenges that come with that. So that's where we're innovating on that front. But the whole social aspect of our game is where we're completely just redefining what a competitive shooter can be, right? Because now you have, uh, this might be a funny analogy, but I call it Sims meets <laughs> Call of Duty, right? Because you have competitive shooter, you also have casual gamers that are like me, semi-casual, competitive, and then you'd be shocked 
after we play a few rounds of Artifact, which is our latest game mode that just came out, um, it's our mm -hmm. signature competitive game mode that we actually just tested publicly with Global Chem, which is uh, one of the top teams in the world with some very big sponsors. They came and did a live stream with Thrill Seeker um, and XLab, and we were able to... We got pwned. I think it was like 11-1. <laughs> uh, the first few rounds, uh, we held our own, but the second they picked it up, they just they just started getting crazy headshots by the end of it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we focused on the competitive aspect and also the casual aspect, and that's really that's really kind of like a like where we're at right now with with the game. We're just really focusing on building the competitive scene and also trying to get in as many cool people to join our community. Um, right now, there's an active wait list. Uh, you can request access through Steam um, or through our website. We have tens of thousands of people waiting to get in, but we're really taking it slow. We know VR is growing, but it's not there yet. And we want to just really take it slow and organic. And I like to speak to every single community member that gets in. I like to listen to their feedback. What I do a lot of the time when I'm in the office is if I'm writing emails or doing accounting or anything boring, I'll just do a live stream on Discord and people just pop in, <laughs> pop out, ask me questions, show me things. It's funny, I end up watching other people play our game more than me playing it myself. But it's very interesting <laughs> to me to watch the community play it and they show me and just watching how they interact, it really gives me a lot of ideas on how to build this game for the community. So our internal model or our, our, our internal motto is give the players what they want. So rather than you know, developing a game, getting it to, to beta, and then letting people come in, we've let, you know, select few initially, a few years ago, is just straight competitive players that were, you know, competing actively. And now we've been opening it up more to, to the casual scene and, and new competitive players that are entering the market. But we've gone one by one and really listened to everybody's feedback. And my job is to organize that feedback and parse it through the development team as well as the art team. And we're really just here to listen and try to build the best experience we possibly can, both for the social players, the casual players, and the competitor players. So very, very excited about what we're doing. And just really, it's a dream come true to be at this at this point right now. Um, I officially quit my full-time job nice. back in December. Um, when the Quest 2 came out, everything that was happening with the pandemic, for some reason, I just felt that the Quest 2 would be the big hit. And fast forward six months, more Quest 2s have been sold than all of their headsets combined. And it was the number one holiday gift in history. And it's just a beautiful thing. We still are not Quest 2 compatible, but Quest 2 with a link cable works. There <laughs> so we go. eventually That's we'll get hear. there. We're just really trying to make sure that the game runs flawlessly before we start going to other platforms. Um, but that's, yeah, that's really where we're at. I kind of went on a, on a tangent there and I have a million other things to say, but if you'd like to, <laughs> to butt in now. Well, I, I'm really excited already from what you've said, because a couple things really stood out to me. One, you said that you were a gamer first, you know, VR needs gamers making the games instead of industries that don't understand I, VR. My, my route other, so when I was a child is all super Mario games. <laughs> right i started on the game boy i did the nintendo 64 i miss those days by the way like yep. super smash brothers on nintendo 64 was nuts i'm still thinking in my head if we can make super smash brothers in vr but i'm a <laughs> yes. i'm kirby and i don't know if i can be flipping around in vr as a kirby and like dropping bricks on people but i'm very <laughs> curious to see how someone eventually has to make something like that yeah. but other than that I, I went into runescape uh and then i went into world of warcraft i've been playing world of warcraft sadly for 
I don't know, man, <laughs> 10 plus years already. <laughs> uh, still time, today. So I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the big MMORPG in VR yep. because that will, I'll get lost in that. And other than that, I've just been a hardcore Counter-Strike, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Call of Duty. I miss Halo. I really miss Halo a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm that typical mainstream consumer, right? Like I play all the big ones. My brother will tell me a hundred games he's played. I'm like, I've never even heard of these games. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but but it's uh, I'm just very excited about where we're going right now. I'm still waiting for for some more cool games to come to VR. And it sounds incredible that coming from a gamer, you're in a position where I get to make the game that I want to play. That must feel really good. You know what's funny? I I, I don't know if this is uh, appropriate to say or not, but sadly, right now, the only VR game I really want to play, I, I play everything in VR, right? Because now it's my job. Like, I, I literally, <laughs> anything that comes out, I have to play it. I have to try it. I have to, no matter what. It's like, I have to do it. Even though, like, the type, like the puzzle games, things that I don't really care about, um, I'd have to. I'm very curious to see where the technology is, how people interpret different methods of, of doing things in VR. But I just want to play Veil. Vale. That's all I want to play. And I'm constantly complaining we need more guns we need more maps we need more features i want to play that's the only thing i want to do <laughs> and now you know i play warzone i love it but it, i'm not fully immersed so i'm put in this very weird position where there's no triple a quality games in vr right now but it's the coolest technology ever and it's fully immersive and then i go to play my 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 warzone or my world of warcraft and now i'm just like excuse me fuck like <laughs> I want to I play World of Warcraft in VR, but I want it that quality. I want to play Call of Duty. I want to play. I love Valorant, by the way. That's one of the newer ones that, that is, it's pretty fun. Uh, I want to play Valorant. I want to play these quality, but like in VR. And then now I'm here, like it has to, I, we have to do it. Someone's got to do it, right? Um, no, so I'm and, very and excited. And that's exactly something that we were actually talking about in a previous week uh, on the podcast is that there seems to be a big lack of big budget VR titles right now. Do you see Veil coming in and completely that. changing the landscape? I can talk a lot about that. I had the worst year experience of my life that was a real big wake up, waking up like lesson, right? Like wake up call. Um, we underestimated how much money and how much time it would take that's the truth so at one point we needed to go raise money i have never raised money from vcs i am not your traditional <laughs> silicon valley ex uber ex facebook ex you know all those big companies guys uh they do like a little sting at each company they're they have all the titles they go raise five million dollars on some random idea and they're crushing it and like it makes it seem so easy you read the news all day so i'm just a miami guy right i'm just a miami guy we're prior to the whole tech movement that the mayor of Miami is doing right now, which is incredible, and it couldn't have come at a better time. No one in the world looked at Miami and said, I'm going to invest money into Miami <laughs> tech. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. I'm actually yeah. wearing this shirt right here. This is the, the Miami tech shirt. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw, but the mayor of Miami tweeted, how can I help when a very well-known Silicon Valley investor named Delian from the Founders Fund said on Twitter, Hear me out, guys. What if we move Silicon Valley to Miami Beach or to Miami? <laughs> and then the yes. mayor replied, how can I help? That thing went viral. And I'm not even kidding. I have never met a VC in my life in Miami. The last three months, I've probably met 100 plus. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it's fascinating. Last night I went to the dinner and, and this guy, I'm like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I'm a VC. I'm like, cool. Like, that's not a normal thing in Miami. But now it's like everybody, which is great, right? Um, so... I spoke to, v going back, I, I went on a tangent. 
going back, I tried raising money. I'm from Miami. Nobody wanted to give it to us. We're a first time company. Um, they didn't care. We had four years working on the game. Uh, they don't, they're not gamers. These people with money, most of them, most of them are not gamers. The ones with money are publishers that understand the gaming world, but the publishers, they're making 10, 20, 50, hundred million a month with their franchises. The money is not in VR. Sadly, it's not there yet. It's still not there yet. Um, investment in hardware has far outpaced content, uh, software, right? Content itself. Yeah. So we're mm -hmm. in a very interesting position where the hardware is great. For $300, you get the Quest 2 and it, it works. It's amazing. But there's no content. And you look at traditional, uh, you know, look at a console. I'm not going to talk about PCs because PCs can be used for many things. But <laughs> you look at a traditional PlayStation or Xbox, all my friends, they have one or two games. They have a shooter. They have a sports game. That's about it, right? So they say, I want to buy a PlayStation because I want to play Call of Duty. So they go get the PlayStation, they buy Call of Duty. That's it. I have so many friends. They only own Call of Duty. That is it. <laughs> um, that's what happens with VR. It's the different. It's 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 the opposite. People say I want to experience VR, so they get the VR headset, and now they're looking for content, and they buy anything. They, it doesn't matter. It, they literally buy everything because they want to experience it. And most of these things, they're just they're cash grabs, right? Like you put out a, a shitty app. Excuse me, shitty app. Everybody's going to buy it because it's in VR and there's not that much. So they make $100,000, a million dollars, and then people play it for five minutes and that's it. So there is no real from, – from an investment standpoint, this was a big wake-up call to me because I didn't understand. I'm not the money, right? If I, and then I started putting myself in investor's shoes. Why would I invest $100 million or even $10 million in a VR game that can maybe only sell $10 million if you're one of the top – It doesn't. it just doesn't add up? Yeah. So they say, let me invest 50K, make a shitty app, and you make a million dollars. And that, that adds up. So after a year, and by the way, it was only, there was a handful of VCs that actually cared enough to tell me the truth, right? They were <laughs> like, guys, there's no money. There's no money in your thing. Everybody else is like, oh, we're interested. Maybe they kick the can down the road and they give you hopes. And then they crush you. They ignore you for a while. They come <laughs> back. They check in on you because they want to keep the door open to see to see, you know, maybe you end up being something big. And then they're like, oh, look, I was there day one and they get in. So after about a year of not being able to get funding, we're, we're really in a tight spot. And I didn't know what to do. Um, I met a really good guy. His name's Ben Way. And he told me about crowdfunding. And you know what I told him? I said, I don't want to do crowdfunding. I don't like the idea of just like getting donations, right? Which is what I thought crowdfunding was. Crowdfunding, Kickstarter. I've actually, I've donated on Kickstarter to some, to some companies because I thought it was cool, but I didn't want to go out there and like take donations from people for some reason. I don't know. It was an ego thing. I don't know what it was. Um, after going, trying to get investment, I'm like coming out to the world, like, okay, please donate to me. And then I was scared that if I ask for donations and no one gives it, no one cares about the game, <laughs> then investors in the future will be like, oh, no one gave you money. So I, I, I didn't know what to do. And he says, Jonathan, no, 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 no. It's not the regular. It's not Kickstarter. It's Kickstarter 2.0. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? He's like, you get stock. You actually get stock instead of just donating. You get stock in the company. And I said, why didn't Kickstarter do that then? I don't understand. And he said, because there's a new law that passed called a regulation crowdfunding exemption by the SEC that changed everything. It stemmed off the Jobs Act. And it allows retail investors to invest into private startups. So essentially democratizing private startup investments, which was traditionally only for accredited investors or high net worth individuals. So I start researching this and I find the website called Start Engine. It was like the universe just said, you got to do this, right? Because I'm looking at Start Engine and lo and behold, 
the CEO and founder of Start Engine, his name's Howard Marks, and he was a co-founder of Activision. And I see this to myself and I'm like, this guy was a co-founder of Activision. I need to speak to this guy. So I reach out, um, I speak to him, incredible human being, so much knowledge, so much experience. And he told me everything that, he told me everything. And I said, look, I have no other option. Let's give it a shot. I was hoping that our community wouldn't take it a bad way because imagine like you build a community and now you're like, please invest in us. It's like, <laughs> I didn't know how to play. It was a very weird thing for me. I didn't want to do that, but we also needed it. And I was hoping that the community would react and say, we believe in you. We've been here for a while. Let's, let's donate or invest. And, uh, we launched it in February, uh, February 24th. And we closed it five weeks later. We raised over a million dollars, over a thousand investors. They Oof. all got stock. Everybody owns stock. So, it is awesome, right? Because now our community has not only some certain players have put a thousand plus hours into testing the game. And it's funny because my brother and I and some other people on the team were thinking we have one level. Uh, the servers are always offline. All you can do is be by yourself in the armory and they have a thousand <laughs> plus hours. I'm thinking like, oh my God. <laughs> but now these people, they, they, you know, they're investing time into something they actually own a piece of. And it's just so beautiful to me because I don't know any other VR company that I can get a piece of stock from. I don't know any other VR game that I can get a piece of stock from. Um, I don't. I, I barely know any regular game companies because it's already a monopolized industry. So to allow early adopters the ability to invest in the game that they want to see succeed, it's a beautiful thing and it worked, right? So now we're very, very happy. Um, I am actually working with uh, a few VR startups right now that saw what we did and they came to me and asked for help. And I said, I'm here to help, right? Like <laughs> I'm here to help. So I am and and any, any person in the VR space that's listening that needs capital and investors say VR is not big enough. I will help you. I will introduce you to the right people and the community is so loving and everybody in VR really wants to see it grow. So it's beautiful because then, you know, we can all invest in each other and, and rise as a, as an industry together. So, I'm very happy. It changed my life. I'm very fortunate. And I was able to quit my job in December to work on something that I would be doing for free if I could, because it's just so awesome. So here we are. Um, I forgot what the question even was. I just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think from, from this, you've taught us, you've told us a lot about your journey. It's been really exciting to hear how it started for you, especially as someone who doesn't come from this background and kind of what X Lab was. I want to, there are people out there, Vale's making a fast name for itself. There are people out there who still don't really know what Vale is. How would you explain it to someone and like, where does it fit in with the other shooters that are already out there or how does it break the mold? Okay, so that's a question I get asked a lot. Like, what makes your game stand out, right? So our game works. That's like anybody. And it's funny because <laughs> VCs would ask me all the time, what makes your game special? And I'm like, it works. And they're like, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, you've obviously never played a VR game before. Um, <laughs> everything currently works. We don't have much. We're very like focused in. We have three guns right now, but they work amazing. Like they really, really work well. We only have, we just now showed off our second level, right? But all the levels work, everything works. Like that's, we're doing it very slowly, but we're really spending the time. We're all about quality, not quantity. Um, and and that's really truly need to get the quality. There's a lot of, there's a lot of content out there right now. There's a lot of VR stuff, by the way, but it's all like, like people put this together very quickly and like without effort, I think. So we're doing it the opposite way. We're taking our sweet time. We believe that with this new crowdfunding law, we can continue to raise money from our community 
to be able to take our time, not have a publisher breathing down your neck or a VC breathing down your neck, forcing a release, which we've seen happen many times. I'm not going to say any names on games. <laughs> I'm a gamer, right? So I get upset when I'm very excited for a game and I play it and you just know that there was some guy in a suit up there saying, we need the money, release the game. I don't care if it's not done. And the developers are all like screaming. It might be different <laughs> because I'm with my brother. So I'm like, Albert, we need money. Like we're running out of money and he's like, I don't care. And it's my older brother. So what am I going to do? You know, I'm like, okay, I need to go find money somewhere else. <laughs> there was a few times we actually like, I tried forcing him to release the game early. Uh, and he's like, Jonathan, like, it's not ready. And I'm like, we're out of money. <laughs> like really out of money. And he's like, it's not ready. I'm like, ah, it's my older brother. So I have to go find another way. I'm very happy I did. Um, so what makes it stand out? Everything works. Everything's built from the ground up. We have an amazing chief creative officer and a creative director, um, Mark Tara and Elizabeth Ann Clark, everything's being designed in house, every art asset. I mean, really like there's a lot of lore to the game that I would not like to speak about it because it's still uh, kind of private. Elizabeth and Mark have been slowly letting lore out and you can see it in our, uh, in our announcements channels. And we're going to start releasing some, some really cool trailers and videos now that we're picking up a little bit more steam. Um, but the general gist of it is there's colonists, there's Rayab, Rayab live on earth. Colonists have left earth in search of a better life. Yet the colonists want to come back to earth to digitize their NFTs essentially. And the Rayab do not want to allow the colonists to do that. And that's kind of where that, uh, internal, uh, battle comes from. And there's, there's a lot more to it. And we're have so much in store, like, uh, planned out for the actual lore of the game, because, uh, most shooters don't have any lore and yep. I love <laughs> halo. So here we are. Um, other than that, um, I'd say the social aspect of the game is something that I haven't seen be done in any other shooter ever. Um, it wasn't even possible prior to VR technology. And I'm th there's so many like random little things that all make the, the game interesting. I really highly suggest anybody just to try it. And if they don't have a key, they can feel free to, to message me on Discord. And if they say uh, <laughs> they heard it here, I'll give them a key. How about that? <laughs> um, it's really, uh, it's just the gunplay. Everything works. The community is probably one of the best communities we've ever had. Really, really supportive. Um, everybody takes time to really play the game and give us feedback on every little thing. Like, you know, VR is a very interesting thing because there's so many little interactables and we just, it's just the attention to detail. Uh, we're not just like cutting straight to the chase. So it's really, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to explain what makes it uh, different or stand out. We are looking to be kind of that mix between Rainbow Six Siege and Counter-Strike. Okay. Right. And what hmm. we're doing is we're going to have casual lobbies, competitive lobbies. We're going to have MMR matchmaking. Like we don't want you to come in and just get whooped by like some high level competitive players that have been playing since day one. So it's really about creating that user flow and that user experience that you come into Vale, you're playing with people on the same level as you, you're playing in a casual lobby, you're hanging out in other people's armories, making friends. I'm all about. So one of the things I do is when people ask me for keys, I don't like just to give keys to people solo. I tell them, hey, come come with a group of five people. You'll play against the devs, or I'll get another group of five people. We'll play against each other because the servers are not up always. We, we are constantly working on it 24-7, so we're always taking them down and updating it. So I, I really take my time. I know I'm the CEO of XLab. I still am a community manager. That's how I started my <laughs> job, and I'm, I'm still Tropical Sensei, the community manager. I just have to do accounting, legal, and, and boring things now as well. Um, but yeah, I like to, I like to build community. I think the community is very important and that's really, uh, that's really it. I mean, 
it just works the way you expect it to work. It's, it looks beautiful, it plays well, and it's really about the community and the social aspect that makes you feel at home, right? You're with your family. I like that, family. <laughs> Adam. And, and I'm really excited uh, when you're talking about Veil VR and we're, and we're talking about the gameplay and just it's not quite done yet and the level of polish that you're putting into this game. That's one of the things I'm most excited for and I feel like VR can really use is this level of polish across the board. Yeah, that when people come into this game, they know that they're getting a high quality game uh, as opposed to, you know, some more arcadey experiences. It's full of Yeah, we're not trying to, we're trying to be, mm-hmm. we're trying to be, it's, 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 it's a balance, right? We're not trying to be like full realism milsim, but we're not trying to be arcade. We're trying to have that, that nice, because it has to be fun, right? It has yep. to be fun. So if you look at our gun models, you'll even see like the metal dents. Like it looks like, it looks wow. real. You can actually, so all the bullets are interactable. Like when you, when you actually like look through, when you, when you go to cock the gun, you can see the bullets in there. Like everything, like it looks real. It's not like, I don't know if you've seen certain games, you can shoot an LMG and it's just like a stationary art asset that doesn't even move like the bullets through the belt. Right. We haven't even added sniper rifles because it's very difficult. We have not added a melee system yet with knives because it has like every game I've played, it's like you're wiggling someone to death. Right. It doesn't feel right. So until we have solutions, for these things, we'd rather just not introduce it. And that might not be the fan favorite, and it might take a long time, but our community supports us. And you know what's really awesome about raising that million dollars is people are putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, they really support our vision. We had certain people tell us a year ago, even two years ago, release the game, release the game. Certain games got released really early, and everybody in the industry knows it. Now, <laughs> people make jokes. They make jokes. They don't even, they'll like take all the time you need. Like I'm a gamer. I want to play other VR. There aren't, it's sad. There's a content drought right now. Uh, there really is a content drought. So what we're doing is just, is just putting the hours in really trying to polish every little aspect of it. We want it to be as beautiful as possible and work as well as possible as well. All right. So one of the big things that Veil VR has been promoting both on its Steam page and on its website is that is full body uh, animations where yes. even in game you're able to see your whole body as opposed to most other VR shooters where you just get floating your torso, hand you just syndrome. get your hands. You have floating hand syndrome. <laughs> it's um, it's funny because I remember sp- I I have no tech background, right? So I speaking to my brother. Why is it so? Why does everybody have floating hand syndrome? It wasn't until <laughs> I started doing a deep dive into inverse kinematics, right, and trying to understand the the level of math that's involved with trying to you know, estimate and guess where your actual body is with just three points of contact, which is your, your data points, right? Your head and your two hands. Very difficult. It took them about two years. And thank God we have um, an amazing key member, partner, uh, Ian. And his name's uh, Array Lagouche on, on Discord. <laughs> He's a beast. Like, wow. Um, I'm very impressed with her full body animation system. It is beautiful. It is working flawlessly everything the only joke is apparently that my brother is a uh, very skinny uh, so the arms on all the characters are a little skinny so we're trying to <laughs> make the arms a little fatter but other than that everything works the way you expect it to work we're actually it's not perfect yet and i might be saying this a little too soon the dev team might kill me but we believe that we're about to crack the code and be able to actually offer real leaning in game with just a headset and two hands 
Nice. It's wow. in testing right now, and it works sometimes. Other times it doesn't. In most games, when you lean, it just moves your whole body out, and then boom, <laughs> you get shot. I get I get very mad as a gamer because <laughs> you think you're you think you're sticking your head out, like you're getting shot, and you're like, oh. Um, so we believe that we're we're very close to that. Um, it's very important for for immersion and for presence. Um, I'm very excited to see where the future of hardware apparel goes because I would love to be able to hug a friend and, and feel that. As weird as that may sound. Um, <laughs> I want to be able to high five and and feel it. I'm excited for the VR treadmills to see where they go. And I am a big fan of Ready Player One. I read the book. I watched the movie. And in my head, I always said, oh, this is going to happen in my lifetime. Maybe, you know, 2040, 2050. It's 2021. And we're, we're like, I see it. <laughs> like, I see it. I'm, I'm shocked right now. So very excited. Um, yeah, we have a full body animation system. It works. It works the way you expect it to work. It's just not many other games offer it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. You bring up ready player one. And that's something that I kind of had a question about. So like you guys opened back in 2015, that was back when what only the Oculus dev kit was in yeah. people's hands. Yeah. So how, that was the first one that Elizabeth got her hands on. The, the old the <laughs> So how, how has it changed as, as you're talking about treadmills are possibly coming and other things are coming. How is it changing as the VR industry is changing? You're developing a game the whole time. So what's interesting is by not launching the game early and having it private, we're able to iterate very quickly. We're able to pivot constantly because once you launch a game and it's public, very difficult to make big changes, very yep. difficult. I think we're on probably the sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth version already of pretty much every single core component from the <laughs> guns to the lobby system to just every like everything. Like we have like version 10 of everything already because uh, our team are perfectionists and they just keep reiterating and reiterating. There's there's a motto in the company, no Band-Aid fixes at all. Um, I've learned what that means the hard way, because if you Band-Aid fix a technical situation or issue, uh, it makes it very difficult to layer anything on top of it after. And most of these games, I mean, that's what they do. They have a certain budget. They have a timeline. They Band-Aid what they have to Band-Aid. They get the game out. They launch it. And either they make big updates or they make another game a year or two later. Um, but VR, it's not big enough to be able to do that, right? You can't just like make a new title every single, it just, it's not that big. So we're really taking our time and, you know, we're just really taking our time trying to make sure that every, our, our core engine is really our, our prized possession right now. Everything that we've done has been developed in-house, um, layered on top of Unreal Engine. I know a lot of uh, VR people are, are Unity, but we've made it work with Unreal Engine. So we're very proud of that. Um, and we're very happy with Unreal Engine. <laughs> And that's incredible. So uh, you mentioned earlier about one of the most important things that I'm really looking forward to, which is ranked matchmaking. Yes. Um, and so that really caters really well to someone that just wants to pick up a VR headset and get into a game. But one other interesting th thing that you mentioned is that also lends the way for players to really practice and get good, not just in individual lobbies, uh, but also maybe even forming teams and getting really good in the rankings. Do you see Vale VR as a platform to maybe reach the top level of competitive play and get into esports? Yes, 100%. We currently, right now, something I'm very, very proud of is we have about three, 400 testers that are all ranked competitive players, uh, some of the largest. I mean, we just did a live stream the other day with Global Chem, which I think they won seven. Uh, out of nine seasons and onward, they're, I mean, ridiculous. Like, they're so good. And I believe that, so look, this is, sadly, it's the truth. There is no money right now in focusing on competitive players. 
it doesn't exist. There's no viewership. There's no attendance. There's no numbers. It doesn't make sense. Most companies won't invest in that. But I started the vision 10, 20 years from now. If it happens in five, great. I'm still sticking to that 10, 20 year plan. We're focusing on competitive players because if you can make it perfect for competitive players, the casuals love it too, right? If you make it great for casuals, the competitives won't like it. Yep. It's much more <laughs> difficult to make it good for the competitive players. So let's knock the hard one out of the way. And my brother is hardcore competitive player. He's had crazy ranks in CSGO and Rainbow <laughs> Six Siege. I would go into lobbies. I'd, I'd get pwned like every single time. I couldn't even ca keep up with him. I'm good, but it's just like I have crazy reflexes. That's why I'm very good at games like Call of Duty, like casual competitive. I have crazy reflexes, so I'm very good at that in that sense. My brother plays it like chess. He knows the positioning. He knows things that I'm like, I don't even think about. It. He runs around the map and he studies it. The way he looks at games is so fascinating to me. And he's obsessed with competitive play, like so obsessed. And I'm obsessed more with the casual social aspect. So that's kind of a very good dynamic that we have between us. Um, but yeah, we're 100% we're, we're looking to be the number one VR esports game in the world. And I say that wholeheartedly, like we really... We want to. Uh, we want to. We're working towards it. We're working with the top competitive players. I feel very blessed that some of the top competitive players in the world have actually invested into our company and nice. own stock in XLab right now. That is like mind blowing to me, right? Like these top, top players of other games are investing their money <laughs> into our game and investing hundreds of hours, sending us videos, sending us crash logs, sending us just all types of videos on bugs and, and features to fix, like everything. Like they just, they have so much passion. I mean, everybody involved in VR, they have to have passion. You're not in VR because it's, you know, fully polished. It's not there yet. You, you have to be passionate about where the space is and where it's going and just the tech in general to even be uh, crazy enough to be involved right now. Absolutely. Uh Jonathan, it's been amazing to hear about so much to do with Veil and what's coming with it. Uh, some of our listeners out there who may have never heard of it are thinking right now, how do I get involved? How do I come find you and get a key? Where is the first place you want to send them to come find it? So the traditional avenues are to go on our Steam page and request access on Steam. I would appreciate the wishlist as well. And through our actual website, uh, playveilvr.com, there's a sign up there as well. We do both of those in waves. The one on Steam is, is random. Every time we just type in how many people we want to let in. Um, the one on the website is more in the queue order, depending on what position you are in line. But the, the best way to do it is you got to join our Discord. I live on that Discord. I'm there all day. I'm talking to people and I'm just always giving keys out to people that are involved and really care and are passionate about the space. Our Discord is discord.gg slash veil vr and my name is tropical and i am always there and if you're cool you'll get a key i'm very friendly about it and something that i want to let everybody know i'm a gamer right i have gotten keys to games spent dozens of hours testing them helping them and then you open up steam and it says key revoked yeah do you know how frustrating that is i am never i've made it a rule I have no big VC telling me not to do this. I am never revoking any key that I've ever given out. Once you own the game, you own the full version of the game for life. And I just say, thank you so much for being a part of our family. Um, nice. So I just want to make that very clear because sometimes I get asked like, you know, I've, you know, it's funny. There's certain games I, I really support. I bought them five, 10 times on different Steam accounts because I just, I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't know. So the last thing I need is for you to see the revoke key. It will never happen. 
And that's just <laughs> a, as a thank you for being part of, of, you know, VR in general. Love it. Adam, do you have any other final questions here? Uh, one thing that I just wanted to say is that we'll be sure to put all of those links in the description so that all of our users will have links to Veil VR Steam page and the Discord as well. Um, one final thing that I wanted to add is thank you so much for joining with us today, Jonathan. It was great oh, to be you. able to chat thank with you. you and to uh, get to know XLab and your upcoming game, Veil VR, much better. Thank you. No, really, guys. Thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and an honor. I really am very grateful for the opportunity.